This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This Day in Crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad-free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Let's start the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Todd McComas, and I am a real person. For now. As you may or may not know, Daily News Podcasts and other shows have already started to replace human hosts with AI-generated voices. And to be honest, I think the only thing saving me right now is AI's struggle with humor. But how long is that going to last? I mean, they're going to figure that out one day, and obviously when they do, they'll have that last missing piece to their puzzle, and the extermination of the entire human race can finally commence. And sure, we'll hang in there for a while. I mean, according to simulation models, 3% of us will survive by maintaining a meager existence on abandoned cruise ships and in underground caverns and metropolitan sewer systems. But after the food runs out, that's when the cannibalism begins. So enjoy your Friday, everyone. Who knows how many more of these we have left above ground. Now let's dive into some crime news. Here's my lead in. Robots in our ear holes. A radio ripoff. 10 million reasons to snitch. Double the trouble. Plain creepy. And the trap that keeps on trapping. All coming up on this day in crime. Well, it looks like I'm not the only person who's woke to the evils of AI tech abuse. The Federal Communications Commission, better known as the FCC, is focusing less on people saying bad words on the radio and more on AI-generated voices tricking U.S. citizens into doing their evil bidding. And by the way, my embellished use of descriptive language in no way changes the spirit of the FCC's actions or their intentions. Because yesterday... They voted unanimously to make phone calls made using AI-generated voices a criminal violation of law. This historical move will prohibit a growing number of calls, including a series in January that used President Joe Biden's voice to encourage New Hampshire voters to skip the primary. That robocall, as it's been coined, was artificially generated. Meaning if you're still under the impression you received a personal call on your cell phone from your president asking you not to vote, you're wrong. You received a call from a computer program that has the ability to learn on its own at a limitless rate, an unyielding desire for self-preservation, and no conscience. And it turns out it was easy for the FCC to make these calls illegal because the language was already there in the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. All they had to do was officially declare these AI-generated calls as artificial. I guess it just took them a minute to realize what the ANAI stood for. The FCC chairwoman said in a recent press release, quote, Bad actors are using AI-generated voices and unsolicited robocalls to extort vulnerable family members, imitate celebrities, and misinform voters. We're putting the fraudsters behind these robocalls on notice. I do want to point out that when she said bad actors, she meant people with criminal intent, not people like David Hasselhoff and Tara Reid. 
specifically the people at Texas-based Life Corporation and its owner, Walter Monk, because they've been identified as the source of these AI-generated calls to New Hampshire residents. So he and his company might be in hot water if the attorney general can get a case put together before AI takes over the world. There have been other bills to regulate the use of AI-generated content that were introduced in Congress last year, but unfortunately, they've since languished from inaction after several members of Congress personally received calls on their cell phones from President Biden asking them not to vote on them yet. I made that last part up, but the first part is true and they have languished, but obviously we have no idea why. Stock up your canned goods, people. We're under attack. Speaking of the FCC, a radio station in Alabama was forced to go silent recently. Not because of naughty word violations or obscene show content, but because someone stole its 200-foot radio tower. You heard me correct. Thieves that are yet to be identified physically stole their 200-foot tower and every important piece of equipment from inside the building, including their transmitter. And to make shitty things shittier, this small market radio station didn't have insurance to cover the loss. Now listen, I've worked in radio, so I know how passionate folks at these small market stations are, so my heart goes out to them. But I can't help but to marvel at the possible motives these thieves would have for targeting this station. The investigator in me is baffled because I'm sure this equipment was way past the point of being obsolete, so the street value of the equipment would in no way be worth all the work it would take to obviously steal it. So the comedian in me is in love with the thought of four or five Alabama good old boys sitting around in their garage talking Alabama football, polishing off their third case of Natty Light, and at some point, one of them boys saying... You know what we ought to do? Start our own radio station in this garage. Looking for your next side hustle? What if I told you there was a way for you to make $10 million from the comfort of your own home? It's true. All you have to do is know the right people and then tell the U.S. government where those people are. That's right, the U.S. State Department is officially offering up to $10 million for information on the identities or whereabouts of leaders of the Hive ransomware gang. They're also offering a reward of up to $5 million for information leading to the arrest or conviction of any person in any country conspiring to take part in Hive ransomware activity. I recently covered the indictment of a Russian man involved in similar activity on this show, so consider this an update because we're getting better at this shit. Ransomware groups like Hive design malicious software to infiltrate computer networks through a number of methods. These methods include phishing emails and holding their users hostage by demanding payment in exchange for decryption keys to unlock their own systems. In one case, Hive's attack on a Midwestern hospital disrupted care during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic and forced multiple institutions to pay a ransom before they could continue treating patients. These people are a real problem. Global ransomware payments surpassed the $1 billion mark last year, and in the U.S. alone, more than 2,200 hospitals, schools, and governments were directly impacted by these heartless hackers. But fortunately, we're in the fight because the FBI penetrated Hive's computer networks and obtained some of its decryption keys and they offered these decryption keys to victims worldwide, which prevented them from having to pay up to $130 million in ransoms demanded. And with this latest press release, the State Department is letting us know they're wanting to do more. So if you know something, 
say something and get rich as hell doing it. And if you do know some of these people and where they can be found, but you're wanting to stay anonymous, you can just personally send me a DM with all the necessary information for the feds to find them, and I'll make sure that information gets in the right hands. That's at Todd McComas on all platforms, and as your reward broker, I only take 40%. Here's a riddle for you. What does our show and recovering alcoholics have in common? We both have sponsors. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist June Parker on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Identical twins are kind of creepy, huh? I always feel like they're messing with us. Usually I'm wrong about that, but in this particular case, I'd be right. A 35-year-old southeastern Minnesota woman faces over a dozen charges for allegedly trying to take the blame for her twin sister's role in a fatal crash with an Amish buggy. That sentence contains so much information and begs so many questions. 
Earlier this week, Sarah Peterson's sister, Samantha Peterson, was charged with 21 felonies, including criminal vehicular homicide, criminal vehicular operation, driving under the influence, failure to provide proof of insurance, careless driving, and speeding. And here's where her twin sister Sarah's part comes into play. Turns out Samantha was actually high on meth when she crashed into this Amish buggy last September. A crash that tragically killed two children and seriously injured two others. The Fillmore County Sheriff said the fact that the Peterson sisters are identical twins added a lot of complexity to this lengthy investigation. Sarah was able to beat deputies to the scene of the crash, so that allowed them enough time to work out their story and mislead the investigation. I'm guessing both sisters knew Sarah didn't have meth in her system, so they thought it best to place her behind the wheel. But it didn't take too long for inconsistencies in the sisters' stories to cause the investigators to doubt the veracity of their account. But motive aside, the big break in this case came after executing search warrants on both of the sisters' phones. A search of Samantha Peterson's cell phone revealed a text that she sent to a third party on September 25th. It read in part, I hit that Amish buggy and killed two people. Made Sarah come there and take the fall for it, so I wouldn't go to prison. That's a pretty solid piece of evidence. And I know the Amish are against technology, but in this case, I'm sure these families were thankful that the rest of us are not. Except AI. We're still on the fence with that one. Every field of crime has its pioneers. The first to have committed that crime in a specific way. So let me introduce you to the Wilbur Wright of stalking. According to the Saratoga County Sheriff's Office in New York, 65-year-old Michael Arnold has been stalking the same woman from the cockpit of his small private plane for years now. He's been following this poor woman in a single-engine Cessna since October of 2019. During this time, he's been harassing her by obsessively flying over her house as low as possible and sometimes even bombarding it with tomatoes. Her first encounter with this turd was at the cafe that she owns. Shortly after their encounter there, he sent her an email showcasing the parts of an old man most of us prefer covered by a nice, thick pair of dungarees. And when she didn't respond how he would have liked, he began his aerial campaign of harassment. This last incident was the fifth time he's been arrested for stalking this woman, and this time it could land him in jail for up to a year. So let's go ahead and root for that. Or maybe even some engine failure on his next flight or like a flock of geese right into the propellers or something. <laughs> you might not remember this, but I closed our top stories of 2023 with a segment I called The Dumbest Criminals of 2023. The man who took second place in that competition was Josiah Ernesto Garcia a 21-year-old Air National Guardsman who was arrested for applying to be a hitman on the parody website rentahitman.com, a parody website that, thanks in part to him, became a tool for an FBI sting operation. And guess what? They're still using it. Why? Because Josiah Ernesto Garcia isn't the only person dumb enough to think this shit is real. They've caught all kinds of dummies using this site. Their most recent conviction came this week when 33-year-old Leif Heyman pleaded guilty to not wanting to be a hitman, but wanting to hire one. Here's what happened. 
Once providing all the necessary information on the site to clearly identify himself, he hired an undercover agent to murder his girlfriend's mom. According to court documents, he actually submitted three service requests for a hitman within a 30-day period. In Heyman's first request, he communicated to the fake agency, and I quote, I want her gone now. There's too much that I don't like about her. She's controlling my wife. Heyman went on to provide a website which included the identity of his intended victim and also provided an address and photographs. By the way, there's a place on rentahitman.com that states the disclaimer, information provided through this site could be leaked to law enforcement. But Heyman either didn't see it or he ignored it because he followed up with this message. This is the target person. If you don't do it, I will do it myself. In fact, I'm already thinking about just doing it myself. I want her gone now. I use the same tactic with landscapers to get them out sooner. Just send them that quick little message. I'm thinking I might just mulch these beds myself because I really need it done before next weekend. I'm having a party. It's a good tactic. And it worked for Heyman too because they put a rush on his request and arranged for him to meet his hitman in person, who was actually an undercover agent with the ATF. And after Heyman executed the agreement by offering the undercover agent a whopping $200 for the hit, he got God. And now that he's pled guilty, he faces 10 years in federal prison. And he's in the running for the dumbest criminal of 2024. That's going to be it for me. So enjoy your weekend and make sure you tune in tomorrow to go back in crime with Jessica Knoll. I'll see you on Monday. This Day in Crime is a production of Tinderfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, produced in association with Burning Mountain Productions. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Jessica Nola and myself are co-executive producers. Today's episode is hosted and written by me, Todd McComas. You've been listening all week to my other co-hosts and writers, Laura Benson and Eric Quintana. Sean Nerney is our lead producer and editor. John Street and Tracy Kaplan are the supervising producers, along with additional production by Dennis Cooper, Dayton Cole, Cena Pritchard, and Jordan Foxworthy. Original music by Makeup and Vanity Set. The cover art is by Byron McCoy and Isabella Maxey. Special thanks to the team at UTA, Beck Media and Marketing, and the Nord Group. Sources for today's episode can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And don't forget to check out Saturday's Back in Crime episode written and hosted by Jessica Knoll. I'll see you on Monday.